Last time on Pokemon Rollout, our adventurers made their way into the ruins to explore. The caves were lit by crystals in the walls and Professor Sneeze's hair, as he had become a prism specializing in normal-type moves. Adorning the walls were several paintings of legendary Pokemon and scenes of the world progressing through time. They were met with several diverging paths marked with Cresselia and Darkrai indicating the fortunes that lay ahead. As they traversed the path, they encountered a group of Tynamo, of which Liliana and Charlie each caught one, and a group of Mankey protecting the final room. Charlie's combi Beatrice attempted to attack the alpha male, but quickly fainted due to fury swipes. Penny came out to defend Charlie and obliterated one of the attacking Mankey. Professor Sneeze ended the battle by capturing the boss Mankey. They continued down the path where they found a room with 18 stones in the shape of the Chandi region. Near the center, a shoot was growing where the Trilithan Sanctuary would be located. Katana, Charlie's Ponyard, directed them down the final path which led back to the entrance of the ruins. What will they find today as they continue to explore the ruins in Pokemon Rollout? Welcome to the world of Pokemon. My name is Nick, but these guys call me their Game Master. And you're listening to Pokemon Rollout, a real play Pokemon Tabletop United RPG podcast. What's your name? I'm Paul, and I play Charlie. I'm Michael, and I play Professor Sneeze. And I'm Lydia, and I play Liliana. We're here to play this game! (laughs) (laughs) Um... The last thing that happened here is you guys went back to the Pokemon Center to heal your Pokemon up and head back. Um, as you guys left and as you were coming back, you saw that the businessmen have left the outside of the ruins and now seem to be headed towards the gym, possibly to speak to Mukul. All right. Good luck there. <laughs> so you are back in the first room of the ruins and Katana seems to be looking to the right this time. Let's, let, let's go there. It's <laughs> uh, like we chose wrong last time. We were just <laughs> wandering in a circle. Uh, the door, once again, is uh, decorated with a um, the artwork of a city. Yes. Uh, it looks like a city and all artificial and sci- stylized. And it looks like um, the schematics of a city, kind of blueprints. That's correct, yes. Right. And if I recall correctly, above the door it was a picture of both Cresselia and Darkrai. Yes, equal-sized. Okay. So, uh, that door opens to a short tunnel, which leads downwards and away from the first chamber before opening up to another room. Uh, the tunnel and room are noticeably more streamlined than before, with the patches of glowing crystal becoming uniform in size and positioning along the walls. Uh, the second room is painted just like the first, although in a noticeably more rigid style, using far more pastels. Uh, The signs of human habitation throughout the continent have exploded, with small towns everywhere in several city-sized habitations. Straight roads crisscross the land, connecting every city to one another, and only stopping at the mountain range in the center. Farmland sprawls across nearly every patch of green land, 
filled with neat rows of carefully labeled crops. Against the far wall are once again two doors. The door to the right would not be out of place in a, on a house in Ratu or Landsmeet, a solid plane of what seems to be plastic with a modern-looking handle, though once again made of glowing crystal. Painted on this door is a carefully itemized schematic, each part of the device labeled and displayed for ease of understanding, though the symbols next to the schematic are once again in a language none of you know. The device itself is beyond you. Uh, the door on the left shows the same city as before, though the city is slightly smaller and placed against the backdrop of high hills and mountains. Notably, the mountain range is painted in a much more vibrant, natural style than the city, looking more like the painting in the, on to the left door of the first room. The door handle on this one is a chunk of softly growing crystal, which looks naturally formed. Once again, there are two painted figures crowning each door. While the two figures over the left door are once again the same size, the black figure over the right door is now noticeably larger than the, than the other shape. Uh, there seems to have been a small cave-in on the right side of this room, obscuring the east side of the painting. Four small figures swarm around the overturned stones in this room. Three small brown doll-like figures, which seem to be telekinetically shifting stones to one side, being watched over by a larger, bluish humanoid figure. The four Pokemon stop their work and turn to stare at you as you enter. Pokemon education! <laughs> Tell us what you know, sneeze. <laughs> 17. Oh, tech? tech education will also give you stock. I do good at tech. I'm not good at technology. I'm old. <laughs> I rolled an 8 for... Uh, for technology. Okay. Uh, the Pokemon Education tells you that the three brown figures are Claydol. Uh, the bluish figure is a Golet. And Claydol are ground psychic types, and Golet is a ground ghost. Uh, both Pokemon are ancient man-made Pokemon, known for hanging around and guarding ruins, respectively. Uh, the Technology Education lets you know that uh, technology is noticeably improved from the first room on this one. The farmlands are huge and plentiful, the walls are thick, and there even seem to be some instances of what seem to be Pokemon gyms being built in the city, suggesting that Pokemon have been tamed in this land using capture devices. Uh, the device painted on the rightmost door also is kind of... Look, uh, you looks kind of similar to you, like a blueprint you saw once of a telephone. Um, good. Uh, quick question, uh, as far as gameplay goes, uh, do I still get my occult, occult education bonus? You do, yes. It is still okay. the same day. Alright, so, uh, then as a uh, reminder to our audience members, it doesn't come into play right now, but from before, uh, Richie gave me a roll where I get a plus two to my occult education, so any occult education checks, I do extra, extra good. Thank you again, <laughs> Richie. <laughs> Hey, Professor Sneeze, um, you're usually pretty good at, at, like, talking to the Pokemon. Can you just, like, let, uh, I mean, see if we can help them clear the stuff out of the way? I mean, make their job a little bit easier? That's a good idea, Charlie. I, I, I'll ask. <laughs> so, um, I'll roll a Pokemon education and use um, that in place of charm with my Poke Psychologist. Um, and I got a 13 on that. 
Um, and with the roll, I'm going to say, uh, can, can we help you clear this out of the way so that we can make passage through that door? Uh, the Golet and Clade all look at each other for a bit, and then the Golet turns to you and nods. Okay. And the uh, Clade all start going back to work. They're placing the stones uh, in the uh, like back right corner of the room, it seems like. Okay. So, uh, athletics checks, if you want to be helping them out moving that stuff. Um, if you want to do it yourself, you can, or you can use a Pokemon. Uh, Charlie does both. Uh, Charlie rolls a 10 for his athletics check. And uh, now that he has uh, Pokemon that actually have, you know, like arms and stuff, uh, he brings out uh, Bernie, his, his Combuskin. Bernie, come on out and help. <laughs> That's right. One of your Pokemon grew arms. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, Bernie rolls a 13. Okay. All right, boss, come on out and give us a hand. Uh, so I will release <laughs> boss, my newly caught Mankey, and we'll see how he um, reacts to... Give me a command check. <laughs> I'm not good at that. <laughs> <Let's see. laughs> uh, oh, come on. All right, eight. That's not bad. Okay, roll his athletics. Yes. All right. I can roll it. Twelve. Liliana is going to do some grunt work as well as her Nidoran Nora. And Liliana rolled an eight and Nora rolled a ten. All of you shift across uh, the dirt and the rocks in good order. Uh, Bernie seems to mostly be using this as combat practice instead of actually moving things. He's actually kicking the rocks around. (laughs) Nice. Um, Boss gives Professor Sneeze a long, level look, and then, like, slowly starts moving the rocks. He may accidentally drop a few rocks on Professor Sneeze's toes every now and again. (laughs) Ow! Boss! That wasn't kind. You watch it. (laughs) Ow! Okay, so soon enough you clear the rocks across, and, uh... Revealing the painting below, the painting seems to have been barred by the landslide, so it's kind of hard to see what was underneath it. And uh, the Golette kind of gives a sad shake of its head and looks like it's going to start directing the clay doll again and gives you guys a friendly wave. Um, Charlie is going to roll a charm. Give it a shot. Or actually... um... Uh, I'm going to see if I can convince one of these four Pokemon to to join me. With you talking about, like, the uh, knowledge and the information that you have there, one of the Baltoy uh, wanders over to you and seems to be interested in following you. All right. Um, so, like, all right, you want to come along with me? Awesome. So I, I uh, grab a Pokeball out of my bag and I hold it up. Okay. The Baltoy knocks its head against it. You have a level 14 Baltoy. Baltoy have no gender. And then, um, uh, not not to belabor this much uh, later, can I ask, what, what does Katana think about the schematic on the, on the on the right door? She seems very interested in the rightmost door. All right. Well, I mean, if you guys don't have any objections, uh, Katana's been leading us through this way so far. Should we follow her uh, through this door? It looks good to me. It looks very fascinating. I, I'm interested in these symbols. 
So then you follow through the rightmost door. The tunnel behind this door looks like a man-made hallway, almost perfectly square and smooth. The only exception is the crystals, which hang from the ceiling in regular intervals and provide more than enough light. Soon enough, the hallway opens up into another room. The room is another perfect square, the walls sheer and straight, and the ceiling a flat plane of brown above you. The crystals have been reduced to perfect rectangles of light flush with the ceiling, beaming down on the room like the somewhat recent electric lighting that Charlie and Liliana's parents grew up with. It even made it to Trilithon Sanctuary about 20 years ago. Mm. There is no paint anywhere in the room. Instead, there are a series of raised pedestals spaced unevenly over the floor, each holding a chunk of rock in varying colors. The rocks are boxed in glass, and to the side of each rock is a softly glowing screen that seems to be constantly scrolling strange symbols. The brown stone of the building is in a glass case in the center of the room, and Professor Sneeze recognizes a chunk from a a trilithon stone on the southwest portion of the room. Uh, there is a constant mechanical beeping noise coming from the northeastern side of the room. The rock in the case there is jet black and unnaturally flattened into a cube shape. The screen next to it is emitting the beeping noise, and it flashes red every few seconds. Hmm. In the back of the room is a single door that seems to be impossibly made out of a single sheet of glowing crystal. Uh, There doesn't seem to be a handle on it. And the entire wall around it is jet black, save for a ring of deep crimson arcing over the entire cavern, and a blob of gray-white on the top center of the wall. Interesting. Inside the room, flitting between the display cases, are two of the most blatantly artificial Pokémon you have ever seen. Uh, They have pink polyhedral bodies with blue stomachs, blue triangular prism feet, and blue rectangular prism tails. They have pink polyhedral heads that end in a blue beak and hexagonal eyes. The two Pokemon seem to ignore the trainers for the time being, focusing on the displays. Pokemon Tech education. education! I know what and they are, but I'm gonna... <laughs> <laughs> Tech education will give you some, too. Ten on Pokemon education. Aren't these Pokemon banned? <laughs> Sorry, bad, bad joke. Bad, bad reference. <laughs> This isn't Smogon. No, it's not. It's it's not the anime, is what you mean. <laughs> uh, no, not that either. There, well, there are flashing lights in this room. Whoops. <laughs> it's a conspiracy. It was all Pikachu's fault. Oh, Porygon was a fall man. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Did you uh, did you roll uh, tech? Uh, I can. Okay, if you want to. Uh, tech is a twelve. Uh, 12 yeah. Nice. Okay. Uh, you know that the rocks are all from different areas in the Chandy region, and they're placed so as to create a map of sorts, with the most com- common type of rock placed in the center of the general area in which it's found. Um, you both also know that this Pokemon is a Porygon, which seems impossible. What? Porygon are a brand new Pokemon. They were invented in Illumai's Oasis two years ago. Mm. Okay. That's and two of them are sitting in this room. They do seem to be giving special attention to the beeping display, but they don't seem to know what to do about it. I will go over to the B 
beeping display in the northeast corner um, and investigate it with just a general education because my technology education is terrible. The symbols don't make any sense to you. <laughs> I'm not surprised. language to know. And when you went over, one of the Porygon like flitted up to your face and then like spun around you a bit before like going back to looking at the displays. Does anybody know what this means? Um, well, I sure don't. <laughs> you do remember that the uh, black stone is in the same place as the blackened portion of moss in the far left room. From from the previous episode. Yes, from the previous episode. Uh, uh, I don't know. Ar- Archie's usually pretty smart. Archie, do you know anything? Hmm. Brock looks unnatural. Other rocks seem to be uncut sections of rock. Uh, therefore, observation study, this one has been cut to shape for some reason, but placed as though natural rock in the location. Was it, was it placed recently? It seems to be placed same time as others, but Interesting. unsure. What, what would... What would Porygon be doing here? They're they're new Pokemon invented recently. Recently now. You mean they were invented before too? Possibly. Knowledge uh, knowledge of Porygon exists. Not not complete, but had knowledge of Porygon. Interesting. Uh, so you said uh, the Porygon are kind of hovering around like the the blinking display. Mm-hmm. They're they seem intrigued by that technology. Uh, Charlie goes over and like uh, because he also has an interest in technology and is trying to observe what they're looking at and it kind of is trying to have a uh, a dialogue with the, the Porygon if he can. Um, uh, can I roll a technology ed for that? Sure. Uh, that is 11. Okay. What are you trying to say to the Porygon? Uh, I'm just trying to see if I can glean any information about maybe, like, who put this here. Um, and like I said, I'm, I'm trying to talk to, you know, a, a polygonal duck, so I don't know how much I can really, <laughs> uh, really glean from this, but I'm, uh, my, my ulterior motive is I'm trying to build rapport with it, so maybe it'll come along with me. Here. <laughs> oh, um, the Porygon uh, flits around you for a bit and then like pokes at your pocket where you have your Pokedex. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And, and then so... uh, when you pull it down, it like taps its beak against it, and a string of symbols flash along the Pokedex. They look to be in the same of uh, the same symbols that are flashing along the displays. Okay. Like, uh, whoa! What? What did you do to it? That, that's neat. They disappear a few seconds later, but it looks like it was like it's looking up at you, like like looking back down at the Pokedex and then back up at you. Okay, so uh, I bring out my Pokedex and I, like I I just open it to see if it'll the, the Pokedex can say anything. Pokedex gives you the readout for Porygon. Okay, <laughs> and then uh, it taps the display again, and a string of symbols come across. And then it kind of looks at it and, like, taps the Pokedex a few more times. And then, uh... He looks for a second, and... 
it taps the Vokodex again, and like half of the symbols seem to be the symbols on the display, and the other half seem to be uh, just letters. Hey, I, I know some of those. You keep keep doing that, buddy. Slowly, it kind of it kind of develops, and finally, the Porygon has written. It looks like on your Pokedex, it just says uh, "placed by masters." Uh, alpha, beta, set to maintain. So, uh, uh, so, so you you have masters already. And, uh, the Porygon nods. Says, "Yes, masters place symbols set to maintain." Okay, so you're here just kind of keeping keeping an eye on things then. Who are your masters? Uh, it taps the Pokedex and says, Masters are masters. <laughs> That's how <helpful. laughs> It is a polygonal duck. It's not that smart. <laughs> <laughs> it's supposed to be a sentient computer polygonal duck. So. And, uh, Char- Charlie totally it, accepts it. It's very answer. specific. Okay. Charlie definitely accepts the answers. Like, yeah, you're totally right. Masters are masters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, how how long have you been here? It taps it a bit and says, uh, unknown, internal clock not set. <laughs> Usually that's the battery... startup. <laughs> I was say, did, did the battery on the, on the cartridge die? That's happened to me before, too. <laughs> it happens all the time. <laughs> Just gotta keep it plugged into the wall. <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, in, in all sincerity, um... Uh, so like uh, Charlie's kind of on this path with with his uh, novice technology education. Like, like would fixing a Porygon's battery be, be something I could attempt? Uh, fixing a Porygon's battery would be uh, fairly invasive to do. It's something you could attempt, but it would be very easy to misinterpret as an attack. Okay. All right. Um. <sighs> now, I th- uh, and also at this point, like it's something that Charlie wants to do, but he just he knows he's not quite at that point yet. So he is uh, the the thought crosses his mind, but he's he's not going to act on it. Um, as you're thinking of this, the uh, second Porygon flits over to the first, and like kind of they seem to be communicating for a second. Then the first Porygon goes back down and taps and says, "Can advise?" Oh uh, yeah, please. You can advise. Oh, um, oh, you um, want something uh, from us? I don't know. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> um, well, you know, I'm I, I'm not all that smart, but I mean, it, it seems like you've been here a long time. I, I I just don't know if your masters are are coming back. I mean, do 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 one of one or both of you want to come with me and we can try and get you get you fixed and healed up? The Porygon kind of cocks its head at you. And then it taps uh, the screen again and it says uh, and it's, it basically says uh, stone from sector E2 incorrect. Artificial? Mm. Uh, is, is that the black one? Color. Like it is in it's like Color midnight, yes. Symbol keeps uh, anom- anomaly in record keeps bringing up symbol axioform, axioform, 
uh, Axioform, not part of database, can advise. At Axioform, uh, Grunge whimpers and Archie lets out, like, get, it takes in a gasp. Archie, what does that mean? Archie's looking for a second and goes, I should, should know, but I, I don't. Por- the Porygon taps the screen because it says, no symbol? Re- reaction suggests known. Uh, shall follow, can advise. I, I don't know. Porygon seems to be like it's going to follow you now. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, um, come, come along with us to the next room then. And uh, so Charlie, uh, he goes and stands in front of the the door to the next room. <laughs> There's just one door, right? Yes. He goes and stands in front of that door. Okay. All right. Let's go. Uh, uh, the there's a mechanical beep, and then the door shimmers and just vanishes. Hmm. And uh, inside the tunnel, you see a tiny Cresselia once again, oh, painted okay. in there, very bright. Hey, it's just like the other room. It's a, uh, and am I assuming correctly, small Cresselia, big Darkrai? A giant Darkrai, and there's a Porygon kind of floating along behind you. You continue farther into this tunnel. The tunnel turns into an utterly smooth cylinder, seeming as though it was somehow melted into place rather than carved. Uh, The illumination comes from bands of glowing crystal. After a long period of darkness, you reach the next room. The room is, again, once roughly the same dimensions as the other rooms you've been in thus far, but this is where the similarity ends. The first light comes from a cage made of glowing bands hovering in midair, from within, within which hangs a tiny forest. Trees, grass, and earth hang suspended in this cage, and you, can even, you could even swear that you saw a minuscule bird Pokemon flit above the forest. The second light is glowing from a small device sitting on the floor as though dropped there. It displays a static image of a line of symbols, which change every few seconds. And the back of the cave is another tunnel map. Well, uh, as seems to be uh, the trend for this area, let's do a technology education here. That ain't good. That's a five. <laughs> That's okay. Charlie's been been too smart these last few episodes. True. <laughs> uh, I'll try a general education, see if that helps. Uh 16. Mr. Sneeze, you notice that the trees, the tiny trees in there, seem to resemble those native to the blighted forests next to Landsmeet. Hmm. Okay. Perfect. Uh, the cage is in the form of the Chandi region, more or less, and there are 18 lines of light forming the cage. Okay. So, 18 again. How many oh, my... Pokemon types are there? 18. Mm-hmm. How many archetypes are there? Mm. How many archetypes can there be? Uh, there could, there, there could, there could be up to eighteen. But when you get the dual typing in there, like you got my special little girl Katana, who is uh, the archetype of solitude and creation. So, um, okay. Did you pick up the oh. device sitting on the floor? I think we should take a look at it. Um, yeah, I'll go over and pick it up. And take a look. Okay. Uh, and uh, Charlie is still holding out his, his Pokedex. Porygon seems to be looking around as well and is rather unsure of things. Um, Professor Sneeze, as you pick up uh, the device um, and Grunge uh, runs over to Charlie and pulls out uh, the yellowed 
parchment that you found in the other side. And uh, they managed to just glue the device flashes and bands wrap around the uh, the yellowed parchment and seem to just kind of snap the two together. The static symbols start scrolling instead of being static, but it's still symbols that you don't know. Got the Porygons possibly understand them. Porygon, uh, you can ask. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll ask. Can, can you read that? Can you can you translate? Porygon looks and it goes, translating. And then it says very, stays very, uh, it uh, kind of looks back at you and nods. What does it say? <laughs> Translating. Man, this thing runs slow. Could really use an upgrade. <laughs> it's just a duck. <laughs> uh, when, when Professor Sneeze said, what's it say? The, the Porygon said translating. Wait, does that is that what it actually says? It says translating in a different language? <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> The, the Porygon nods. That's what? <laughs> Where's Google when you need it? <laughs> you really want to Google Translate this? <laughs> well, we have technology check. As well. Uh, what, what would the Pokemon version of Google be? Um, um, oh. Wait, what's the name of it? Oh, Brotom. Bro- yeah? It probably yeah, I think it'd just be Rotom. Let's say Ro- Rotom is the Pokedex in the most recent uh Pokemon games. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. It, it's instead of Google it's Go- like Goodra, Go Goodrol, Good I don't know. Anyway. Garchomp. <laughs> yeah. Or like I, it's it's something that doesn't exist in the Pokemon world since Google isn't an actual word. Or it is, it's like a it's a hundred zeros, but um so so it's like it's like platypus. <laughs> What's a platypus? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So do you follow the other tunnel mouth back? Um yeah. I think so. Okay. Uh the tunnel twists around itself, looping back and seeming to slowly move upwards until you find yourself at a solid wall with a lever to your left. Pulling on the lever causes the wall to grind outwards, revealing the first room of the ruins. You appear from the eastern wall. Hmm. And where did we come out from before? The like western where? wall. Okay. So, uh, and you... oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, if, uh, Charlie's remembering this right, so we've had, uh, basically, if I'm remembering my, my branching paths correctly, we've had four ways to go. We've explored two of them. One to the far left and one to the far right. Is that basically it? That is correct. Okay. Uh, Charlie's a little frustrated, like, oh, back here again? I'm I'm getting tired. We're not getting uh, anywhere. Is the por- is the Porygon still following us? Yes, it's still following behind you. Okay. Uh, you want to come on with us? We got at least one more path to follow, if not more. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just go. Just not as long. Just full advice. Uh, Professor Sneeze is just going to charge toward the, the next path um, to the left. You're going left or right? Left? Left. Okay, so you end up in that second room again. The uh, Tynamo is still cra- cowering at the bottom of the pool. <laughs> Charlie waves. 
<laughs> Alright. Bye. Bye. Then you take the right. Uh, yes. So you take the right door then? Okay. And can you remind us what's what's above this one? Uh Darkrai and Cresselia are equal above equal, that one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um the tunnel behind this door noticeably grows more sculpted, ending up in a similar state to the opening of the ruins. Uh, before you reach the next room, you hear some sort of battle going on in the room ahead of you. Um, the room ahead is similar in size to all the others you've seen so far, though again, there are several differences. The most jarring difference is that there are two art styles in play. The north side of the room is painted with pastels in a more rigid, linear style, while the south side of the room uses far more earth tones and a more natural style. The line bisecting the two styles is sharp, but not even. It wavers back and forth throughout the room, more or less following the painted mountain range. The south side of the room has several small settlements that blend naturally with the wilderness near them, while the north side of the room has a plethora of settlements and cities, standing out sharply against the painted landscape. At the back of the room are, as you are growing to expect, two doors. However, the two doors in this room are made in the same style. Only the paintings on the door differ. The left door, in the same vibrant style as the south edge of the room, portrays a crumbling city, its once great walls covered in plant growth. The right door shows a hillside in the pastels in the, of the north half of the room, the picturesque scene marred by carts, lumber, and the beginnings of a city taking shape on the slopes of the hill. Hmm. The two figures crown each door, each about the same size as uh, one another once more. Hmm. So, um, you know that since... Uh, uh, sorry, the northeast in the northeastern corner of the room, the pastel style gradually darkens, oddly creating a patch of shadow on the, that portion of the map. Of course, of immediate interest to you... <laughs> Upon entering the room is the battle taking place in its center. At the moment, three figures that look almost like snow-covered pine trees, though much smaller, converge on a chunk of ice with bright yellow eyes. The pine trees' branch-like arms raised to strike. Scattered on the north side of the room are two more chunks of ice. Both were fainted fairly recently. Okay. Alright, I think I know what's going on here. Well, I... Right. Um, Pokemon education and perception. I do better at perceiving things. I'll do a Pokemon education. Lydia, how do you do on your perception check? I got a 7 on perception. Uh, mine was 11 on perception. Okay. okay. Um, t- you said you got a 10 Pokemon education? Correct. Okay, the uh, small trees are Snover, ice grass types. And the chunks of ice are Bergmites, which are pure ice type. Uh, usually the two Pokemon have no sort of antagonism towards each other. They aren't each other in each other's food groups. They don't fight over land. It's You're not sure why they're fighting. Um, Charlie, you see that the left door has been opened very recently. And the right door has a series of cracks near it that looks like it was made by a fist, which happened recently as well. Okay. Um, Liliana, you see that there are a few scorch marks on the ground near the fainted bergmite. Uh, some of the scorch marks seem to be made from fire, while the other ones look like electrical scorch, electrical uh, markings. And Charlie, you notice that there's a small patch of paint on each of the Pokemon in front of you. 
The three sm- Snover each have a patch of black paint on their crowns, while the Bergmites each have a patch of white paint on their topmost spikes. Mm. And okay. the Snover look like they're about to batter down the Bergmite. The Bergmite is looking much the worse for wear. One of the Snover has just... Uh, looks like it's just flinched back from a, a really heavy bite from the Bergmites, but the other two are still getting ready to attack it. Uh, yeah, Charlie go- comes in, sees the fray happening, and uh, yells, Hey, stop it! They don't seem to be listening. Um, um, go ahead. I Just a second. Since nobody's paying attention, Liliana is going to do Astonish and break out the old Razzle-Dazzle. <laughs> so is Razzle-Dazzle, like, actually uh, an attack? Razzle-Dazzle is not, I'm afraid. Okay. But, but Astonish is. I yes, wish. I... Yes. <laughs> it's just... It's, once you've gotten better at Astonish, it becomes Razzle-Dazzle. <laughs> <laughs> with, with the, that's right, with the spirit fingers. Yes. <laughs> Um, I rolled a 14 for accuracy. Okay. Uh, the Snover in the middle looks like the one that's just been flinched by a bite, so are you hitting left or right, Stephen? Or middle or the Bergmites? What area has more Snover? Uh, directly in front of you, the Snover are attacking from the south, so they're literally facing away from you and directly in front of you. Okay, so then I'll go for directly in front of me. Okay. Uh, roll damage. Okay, I got to 21. Okay. The Snover that you hit uh, flinches in surprise and is just, like, unsure of what to do. So that is good. Uh, well, let's do the old huck a pokeball and hope you catch it. <laughs> Uh, I, I load a Pokeball into my sling, and I throw it at, um, let's do, and right now we don't really have any distinct, like, we don't know which one is, like, necessarily, like, better than the other ones. No, um, they, they, okay. they look, they look like they could have been evenly matched if the other two Bergmite were up. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm gonna fling a Pokeball and hit, um... Let's hit the one that was, like, uh, um, flinching from a bite. Okay. When we entered in here. Um, so... Are you damaging him? Uh, yes, I will be damaging him. That's a 15. Okay. Roll damage. Uh, 20 is the total. And I would like to, uh, enact the capturing mechanic as well. Okay, roll to capture. Uh, 59. Hey. Uh, the Pokeball hits that, uh, Snover who was already flinching, and he kind of staggers forward a bit. Looks like he's about to fall over, and then the capture, uh, goes, and the Pokeball shakes once, twice, ding! You've got a level 14 male Snover. Booyah! For Professor Sneeze's turn, um, he is simply going to use Flash. So his bright white hair just grows brighter and brighter and brighter, and then zap! And it's bright and blinding to um, 
whatever is closest in front of it. It's a cone two um, attack. So okay, old to hit. Yep. All of that. Okay. Oh, natural one. So. Okay. Uh, the bergmite was looking away, and the two snowbird that are up already had their backs to you, so none of them seem to really notice the flash. So. I um. Was flashy for no one. You did hurt Charlie's eyes, though. <laughs> uh, Come on out, Schmoopy! Let's do some battle! Uh, so, Schmoopy the Shellos comes out. Okay. Crunch is going to use Will of the Wisp on the snowbird that Liliana astonished, and um, Grudge got a 19. Okay, that is a solid hit. So Will-O-Wisp, it, uh, that, that just burns the Pokemon, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so that is a solid hit, and that Flinch Pokemon is also burned. How do you want to describe that? Um, Grunge is going to go running towards the Snowbird and just kind of bark at it. And then a little flame is going to go out and hit the Snowbird and ow. It's one of the, if they have legs, don't they? Yes, they have little legs. But I was gonna say if they don't, they do now. So if, if one <laughs> of its legs got hit with a burn, now it's got a sick burn. Sick burn. Sick burn. Oh gosh. Yeah. Lillian is going to do a faint attack on that same Snover. Actually, how is that Snover looking right now? That Snover is still looking fairly decent. Okay. So then Liliana is going to do a faint attack on it. And roll a 15 for accuracy. Okay. Faint attack always hits, so that's just a crit. So roll damage. I got 24 total. Okay, so you did 20 damage, and that Snover has an injury, so do you want to describe that? Okay, so... What does one do in a faint attack? Uh, faint attack, the, the way I've always thought of it is basically you're pretending to attack one way so that it flinches into your actual strike. Oh, I've done that to my brothers. Okay. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so Liliana's gonna go up to the Snover... And it looks like she's going to punch it, but instead is going to kick it where it got burned. Ouch. Ouch. Lydia, I just have to laugh because I, uh, your egg intermission uh, came out this week, and you said the exact same thing. <laughs> you did. I really do love them. Okay, it was okay. I had four older brothers. I had to defend myself. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, the snowbird reeling from uh, the razzle dazzle and burned and now getting kicked in its burn is not reacting this turn. It was flinched. So, Schmoopy is up. Um, Alright, so we've got that, that snowbird and another snowbird. Yes, and right. the other snowbird is untouched. Okay, and two bird mites. One Bergmite. Oh, one Bergmite. Yeah, that yep, looks like yep, a yep, stiff... Yep, yep, yep. That's right. Okay. Yeah, one Bergmite that looks like a stiff breeze will blow it over. Got it. Um, well, Schmoopy is going to attack the untouched Snowbird. Okay. Uh, 
All right, Smoopy, Smoopy, uh, hit that, hit that snowman with a water pulse. Roll. Two. I'm done using this D20. Go away. I don't like you. <laughs> I threw it? Okay, I threw it away and it landed on a 20. <laughs> that was just mocking you. It's mocking don't me. Don't me. It stared me in the face <laughs> and said, well, here's what I think of that. It's either mocking or it's like, no, I promise I'll roll better. See, see, I do, I, I do better. I do better. <laughs> so that snowbrew was in the midst of turning around towards you guys, so it managed to just dodge out of the way of the water pulse. And it retaliates by sending a blast of snow at Schmoopy, which... Is it warm enough for me to con- consider that ice-type move a water-type move? No. What if, like, grunge, like, quick shots of fire at it right as it was oh. going? Um, that's, <laughs> that's not, not Some synergy. That's not Come on. Moves. Synergy. Not, yeah. Yeah. Not, against a snowbird? That's not how moves work. <gasps> oh. In, in a more climactic battle, I might let that slide. <laughs> but not here. So the powder snow hits for 27 special ice damage. So Schmoopy does not seem too terribly bothered. Uh, she shivers very slowly. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, the bird mite takes this chance to charge forward and send its own blast of freezing wind directly at the snover that turned its back at it, and hits it for a solid amount of damage. It actually hits both of the snover. The one that's already hurt is still up, but it's tottering, and the one that was unhurt is now slightly hurt. So both of them kind of hunch their shoulders against the freezing winds, and hope for the best. Ice then, Pokemon versus Ice Pokemon battle would just take forever. It's true. <laughs> okay, uh, and so that one snowbird that um, Liliana and Grunge have been kind of wailing on—that one's not looking the best, right? Oh no, it's it's looking slightly better than the Bergamite, and the Bergamite looks like you could like touch it and it would fall over. Well, fantastic. Um, I will have Grunge do fight at... I rolled three for accuracy. Okay. Um, the s- whichever Snover you were attacking manages to evade the attack. Wow. By the way, I want I want people to be known that Charlie's not just standing back and slacking. He is uh, checking on and tending to the uh, fainted bird light. Okay. Mm-hmm. At least that's what he said. <laughs> Liliana is going to use poison powder on the burned snow burn. <laughs> Just wailing on that poor snow is fine. <laughs> okay. I really love snowbird. I want a snowbird. You could probably drop a Pokeball on one yeah, of them. Yeah, I'm going to let you know, that Snover looks like it's about to fall over, so oh. a Pokeball now would be perfect. Oh, I thought you said it was looking better. 
slightly better than the Bergmite, and the Bergmite looks like you could like touch it and it would fall over and it would oh. faint. Sorry. Yeah. Oh. So it, it looks it looks far worse. So okay. if you want to, you can just throw a, you could toss a Pokeball at it. I'm gonna do that then. Throw okay. a Great Ball at it. I got a six for accuracy. Okay. Roll to capture. Roll to capture. That hit. 38. Okay, the Pokeball shakes once. Ding! Congratulations, you've caught a level 14 female Snowbird. Yes! She is a lady! I was just going (laughs) to say that. (laughs) Um... The moment that happens, the Snover and Bergmite kind of freeze and then turn and look at each other. And then both of them go and like back to different sides. The one Snover and the one Bergmite move to different sides of the room. And are just kind of staring at each other from opposite sides of the room. It looks like we've diffused the situation. Uh, Charlie, seeing that the things have calmed down and not necessarily thinking about the repercussions, uh, he's tending to the two fainted Bergmite and gives each one of them a potion. Okay. After a little bit, uh, the Bergmite start after about, actually it takes about 10 minutes, if you wait for it, the Bergmite will start to stir. Um, I'm going to take the opportunity while that's happening. We'll sit around, um, and kind of also just take stock of things. And Archie is going to wander around using his pickup move and just kind of investigate the, um, the area. Okay. Roll a d20. Look for, look for fun little things. I'm going to, I'm going to try it one more time with this untrustworthy d20. See what it does for me. 10. Okay. Alright, you live to roll another day. Uh, he is wandering around. So they're doing that. Um, as the Bergmites start to stir, the moment they start stir- stirring, the Snover and the remaining Bergmite rush towards each other once again. And Joe's like, no, wait, wait. I, was, I healed you. I was going to convince you to, to be on my team. Stop it! <laughs> uh, in, one ter- in one round, they will attack each other again if, if they are not stopped. Uh, let me think on this for a moment. Alright, uh, yeah, Charlie, uh, with the math on that, should work out okay. Um, Charlie being very disappointed in those, uh, in the Bergmite, because, uh, he, ex- he expects better. I don't know why, but, uh, he is going to, uh, throw a Pokeball at one of them to, at one of the, huh, uh, I, uh, how do I want to do that? Um, I will uh, just toss a Pokeball at the... I, so I only used two potions, so the one that was like about to get knocked over... Yes. I'm just going to throw a Pokeball at it okay. without damaging. Seven for accuracy. Okay, roll to capture. Uh, Seventeen. Yeah, the Pokeball shakes once, and ding! Congratulations, you have captured a level 14 male Bergmite. Uh, the uh, two Bergmite who have just woken up kind of look at the mostly intact Snover, and then they back into corners again. And while this we is going on... again, Charlie! Aha! While this is going on, Archie wanders up with an Ayapapa berry. An Ayapapa? 
I a papa. I a papa or you a papa? Oh dear. <laughs> I have papa. I, I have two kids. Uh, <laughs> okay. But yeah, Charlie dusts off his hands like, huh, there. Now you three be good. The Bergamite and the Snowbird are just glaring intently at each other and don't seem to notice. And with that, I think we are out of time for this session. So, uh, thank you everyone for... (laughs) Thank you everyone for joining us this week. You can find us online at tapestryradio.org slash Pokemon dash rollout, on Twitter at PokeRollPodcast, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash PokeRollout. Also, follow our network on Twitter at Tapestry Radio, and check out some of our other great shows at tapestryradio.org, like Intermission and Michael and Ethan in a Room with Scotch. A special thank you to Rocco W. for our theme music, Electric Donkey Muscles. Once again, I'm Nick, and hopefully by this point you can follow me at PokeRollNick. I'm Paul. Uh, You can find me in the uh, tap room uh, just about any time, and otherwise on Twitter, I'm at ProfSnag. I'm Michael. You can also find me at the Pokemon Rollout tap room. Uh, or uh, on Twitter at M-G-L-I-L-I-E-N-T-H-A-L. And I'm Lydia, and I'm also in the tap room, and that's it. <laughs> that's if all you like... we need. <laughs> if you like what we do here every other week on Pokemon Rollouts, tell a friend, retweet us, and especially please rate us on iTunes. We really appreciate it. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you later. Next time on Pokemon Rollout. The trainers near the end of their sojourn into the ruins, following paths that loop back on themselves and seem to end in disaster time and time again. Who came into the ruins before them? Why do none of the rooms end happily? And where is the archetype of slumber and knowledge? Find out next time on Pokemon Rollout. Switch to milk. Switch to milk. God. Oh, it's a poison tape. When the poison tape. Get us a poison tape. Looks at tape. It's a poison tape. It's a little bit Irish there. The poison tape. Oh, just a little bit of an Irish poison tape. Awesome. <laughs> What's wrong, Lydia? Why are you laughing? Why are you covering your face? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> I'm drinking water. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Okay. Alright. Um. (laughs) I missed something. (laughs) I think we all did. (laughs) Uh, It was just. It was good. (laughs) Alright. Can you roll a spelunking check, please? (laughs) (laughs) Missing something. (laughs) Spelunking check. You also each gain three trainer XP. EXP.
take it. Alright. <laughs> you just said that in character. <laughs> exactly. Alright. I feel like Yay. the ending is like a cliffhanger of like, will the Snover and Bergamite ever be friends? Find out next time. <laughs> Obscurantism and obfuscation. Orally observed, gentle listener, obviated objects of oblivion obambulating about, offered unto you in the Tapestry Radio Network. Tapestryradio.org, from our fancy to yours.